0: And welcome in to Poke the Bear episode 51. Who's a good 51?
1: Hmm. There was this one guy who had a lot of potential and I think he's, he's over in Switzerland. Is he in Switzerland now? I don't even know where he is.
0: He's somewhere. He's, he's somewhere. He was a headliner in the Rick Nash
1: deal. Where, where in the world is Ryan Spooner these days? Let's
0: see. I want to say Sweden. But I could be wrong.
1: Most recently in the lovely KHL. There For Av, oh Jesus, Avto Mobilist Yik Yik Atterenberg.
0: You think the Russians look like American team names and they're like P H O E N I X? Puhenix? Like, you the think they f- do that too? Like, what is this?
1: What the fuck is a blue jacket? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that was that was my horrible. Like, I'm not going to do a Russian accent. So,
0: <laughs> what the fuck is a blue jacket? Yes, um, I can do it. My last name is Marinovsky. There you um, go. Anyways, so this is episode 51, the Ryan Spooner episode. Uh, Connor, how you doing?
1: Evan, doing well. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. So uh, today we figured we would do the report cards, the the uh, official 2021 season. Uh, report cards for every main player in the forward grouping, defensive grouping, and in net. So uh, why don't we kick things off? I'll go first. Cause we'll just do the first line. We'll go person by person. We can do kind of a snake. Like I'll give, I'll be the first one to give one on Martian. Then you give yours on Martian. Then you do Bergeron. I'll do Bergeron, whatever. I don't think there's gonna be many differences in this stuff. I don't think there's gonna be anything drastic, uh, but who knows? Maybe there is. I have not seen your grades. You've not seen mine. So let's have at it. So, We'll go line by line, uh, and we'll go D-pair by D-pair, and so on and so forth. So uh, we'll start with Brad Marchand, who to me, no surprise, was an A+. I only have two A-pluses, and he was one of them. He obviously, incredible uh, two-way left winger, uh, first team you know for the, for the NHL, um, really cemented himself this year, I feel like, as... Maybe the top left winger in hockey, like real, like we've been talking about it for a while and the numbers have even indicated it, but I feel like it became super, super public and more talked about that. He is the top left winger in hockey.
1: Yeah. I gave him a B minus. Um, I thought, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, a plus. I would I would have loved that. Uh, yeah, easy, easy, a plus. I mean, make the argument him along with maybe, I, I assume, I'm going to assume maybe the other guy you have is an A plus later down the list, uh, is tied for a bright team MVP. You can make the argument that Martian was the outright MVP of the team. Uh, just a tremendous season from him. I mean, point production, uh, special teams play, uh, you know, Every time, you know, the Bruins needed a clutch goal, down by a goal. uh It seemed like he was always the one who's burying it. Uh, great postseason for him. Um And it's one of those things where you look at just the Bruins and the need to keep this cup window open. It's not just, you know, the having a good conclusion for Bergeron and Krejci if he's back. You've got the best left wing in the game right now. And for Ed Marchand, I don't think it's even close. So uh that's one reason why I have to take advantage of kind of this one to two year window you have all well, these pieces in place because Martian's playing at a stupid level right now I mean the way his, his game has evolved is, is nothing short of incredible and you look at just his development in this league
0: incredible so now, do you want to do Bergeron first
1: I I would love to yeah so for Bergeron maybe not uh not an a plus for me but I think it was a Holmach Bergeron season, um, so he's getting an A in my book. I mean, all all the the usual things you see from a great Bergeron year: the point production, uh, two way play, special teams, power play, uh, how good he was on the penalty kill. Um, and it, it's one of those things too, where I think we, we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, there's obviously mm-hmm. always, the, always the voter fatigue or the you know the reputation that comes into play with Bergeron. Like, well, he's going to be a finalist for the Selkie every year. Uh, he was especially fantastic this year. He was – I thought he should have won the Selkie. I thought, you know, whether it's just his play, you know, in faceoffs or just his shutdown ability, for him to play at this level at, you know, age 35 is still spectacular. Bruins lucked out that I think he wasn't as banged up as he usually is uh, over the course of a season. Um, So hopefully they they have that good fortune again next year. But I give him an A because I I think it was just another – trademark bergeron campaign from a, a surefire hall of famer
0: yeah i went a minus only because i was just kind of tougher on grading that was it i, I agree with you on all those points it's, i just yeah. really wasn't given i i, I had to a little gray distribution there i couldn't give all you know straight a's i had to you know, give a little a minus on that one but yes i agree um tremendous this year should win the selkie all that stuff uh now to david Posternak. i had him an a minus and maybe if i gave Maybe I should have given Bergeron an A, or maybe I should give Bergeron or Pasternak a B plus, but I stuck with A minus. I'd consider Bergeron like a 93. I'd consider Pasternak like a 90. So I guess that that gives you a little some leeway there. This is, this is why we aren't teachers, you know. We're yes. terrible with, with grades. But uh, Pasternak came out hot from surgery, then obviously slumped a little bit. Definitely had some slumps throughout the season. So still very effective. Still put up a lot of points. Uh, Was still point per game, but uh, to me with missing the time uh, and then, you know, being kind of inconsistent at times to me, a minus for rock,
1: Yeah, I agree. I have the same thing. A minus, I think, uh, as you said, started off strong, had kind of that drought in the middle of the year. He had that, that stretch for a while where I don't think he had like an even strength goal for a long, long time, which uh, again, I think some of it's, uh, you know, puck just not, not on your side, you know, luck's not on your side, but also coming off the hip injury he had where he was pretty much still kind of, uh, fighting through it when he first got back on the ice so for have him be a guy who is hampered by that injury and still be a guy that over an 82 game season was on pace for 80 points 40 goals a testament to his ability like i would not be surprised if next year if he's healthy we look back at it again with another a a plus year and he's maybe finally gonna get that 50 goal mark that unfortunately he's been denied the last couple of times
0: I think I might go on a limb and say I pick him to be the Bruins' leading goal scorer for next season, whereas this year I had DeBrusque. because don't we'll have Shnuck to bring that time. up. It's okay. Yeah. And I I'd like, to, I'd like to eat some crow sometime. Uh, but, yes, so, uh knock, I, I agree with you on that. So, now to the second line. I'll let you take first with Taylor Hall.
1: So, Taylor Hall, I think, is an interesting case because I feel like a lot of people have a, a, maybe a bad taste in their mouth because of you know, his lack of maybe production in the Islanders series. But I don't let that kind of cloud what – the previous six plus weeks were, which he was an absolute game changer on that team. Uh, I give him an A. Uh, maybe that's a bit too lofty, but I think you look at just, it wasn't that he was just uh, generating a bunch of points and kind of revitalized Krejci and that second line looked dominant. Um, it was just, I think, his overall play. I mean, two-way play, how many, uh, you know, quality chances did he break up, you know, on back checking. I mean, he was on the ice for 200 minutes, uh, in the regular season with the Bruins and the Bruins outscored the competition 15 to 1. 15 to 1. That's, that's nuts. So, that's um, I think, you know, as much as people are concerned about the Islander series, which, in, in which, granted, every line was pretty much shut down except for the Bergeron line. Um, I, I try not to overthink it in terms of what his value on this team was and how important it's to have him in this group going forward because I wouldn't let, uh, a playoff series against a team that also nearly beat the Tampa Bay lightning dictate uh, letting a guy like hall slip through your grasp one next year. If you got that second line back uh, and intact, he could be another 30 goal score easily. Right. I mean, he was that good for this team. I, I don't overthink it. And I think he's, he's that good that he elevates that second line to another level. So I give him an A.
0: Yeah. I give him an A as well. And the main reason is you kind of articulated Look at how he revitalized that team. I mean, he changed the course the entire season. That was the real turning point. So for me, it was was an A for Taylor Hall. I know he had that tough series against the Islanders, but again, what you said, take the time before that. Uh, So now David Krejci, I gave him a B. Uh, And the main reason I gave him a B was I thought he was not as uh, up to what we expect of him up until the trade deadline. Then Hall and Smith really started to click with him, and that was an all-systems goal line. So that B feels like a middle ground, and you could give Krejci an A, for his second half performance or post trade deadline performance. Before that, it was sort of like in the C range. So I put in the middle, I I gave him a B thought he was very good this year. Definitely worthy of returning. You need him back. uh, If you want to make another run at this thing, but uh, yes, a B, a a gentleman's B. Yeah.
1: I was stuck between B, B plus, but I think I'm going to fall in on the wavelength of of a B two, just in terms of, you know, had some trouble driving that line at the beginning of the year, which granted you kind of looked at what he had uh, didn't help his cause. Of course, you make the case that all of a sudden you have Hall on the line. He's a almost a point per game guy down the stretch there. So there's something in between there where I think Krejci obviously benefits from having impact guys on his line, but so does every every guy, right? So uh, I think you look at his level of play down the stretch there, his play, you know, with that second line. It's a situation where, if, again, if that second line's intact for next year, even at Krejci's age, would you be surprised if he puts up like a a sixty five point season? Right? No, not at all. Right. So uh, I still think he's a great, you know, top six guy, guy that the Bruins desperately need. Considering I don't know if there's any appealing contingency plan if Krejci doesn't play here next year. So uh, key cog. Uh, I go with B, but you could you could make the pitch for B plus if you wanted to. But I I would be surprised if hauls back that that B plus is probably what you're going to see from him next year. If not,
0: maybe even a higher grade. Oh yeah. So now on to Craig Smith, what do we think of Craig Smith?
1: I want B plus uh, in terms of maybe expectations. He was a guy that, uh, you know, I was excited the Bruins got because I thought he was a great value pickup. Uh, You know, guy doesn't take a shift off, uh, shoots from anywhere, literally, literally everywhere on the ice. Um, You know, a guy that over a full 82 game season will give you 20 goals. And I mean, he was, if he was, going to be on that third line and and drive that line, I think you'd be very happy. And he became a a very effective second line guy, which is I think above what they were thinking they were going to get from him. So whether it be next year on that second line, he he continues to be that 20 goal, 50 point guy, or maybe he's on the third line and he's hoping to you know revitalize that line with Charlie Coyle. I think he's a a key piece of this team and especially considering the contract you handed out to get him a great value pickup. So I, I go with B plus for Craig Smith.
0: B plus as well. He exceeded. I mean, again, was supposed to be on the third line, went up to the second line and dominated alongside Holland creature. So yeah, B plus for me. Also B plus for the sightseeing pictures the other day. I mean, geez, yes, guy was having the time of his life in Boston.
1: It's prime off season content. It's just like just like posted up like stancing outside of like the Constitution.
0: I Imagine the people on the bus who like aren't Bruins fans like who's this guy getting followed around (laughs) by cameras and stuff like who who with no teeth? Who is this guy? Um. Anyways, uh, on to line three. So. I actually, we'll do Richie Coyle, Kuhlman, DeBrus, because they were all third liners at at different points. So we'll do those four as a line, so to speak. We'll start with Nick Richie. I gave him a B minus, and here's why. I thought the production was solid. The production was more than you expected. Again, I mean, after last season, most people wanted Richie sent to you know Siberia, Um, but you know had a really strong start, good strong finish. Uh, Was hard to notice it sometimes five on five. Not that, not super effective at all times. Um, Found myself kind of wondering what he was doing, but when he was parked in front of the net, solid there, did his job. So for me, it's a solid like 81, 82 B minus. Also on the seventh player. So that's worth noting as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. B minus was my grade. Um, A bit of a till of two seasons, I think, considering what the expectations were going into the year, that first. Month, six weeks where he was like their biggest power play weapon, right? When David Poston mm-hmm. was out, he had, I think, you know, eight goals in the first 21 games, um, was playing to his identity. You were thrilled. And then he kind of hit a wall after that. And I think that's maybe the biggest concern, or the most frustrating thing with Richie is that on paper, you look at his style of play and how he can be utilized on a power play. And like, all right, this is a guy that you can pencil into a bottom six role on a good team, right? And then he has stretches where you know, whether it be him getting knocked off that top power play unit or knocked off of Krejci's line, where the offense kind of dries up and you—it's tough to kind of notice him out there. I mean, I think you kind of saw that in the the playoffs, uh, where he's a guy that you map out in terms of what the Bruins needed going forward on, on in the postseason, where they needed more physical guys, and he was kind of tough spot at times, especially in that Islanders series. So, a bit of a, a, a frustrating player in that regard. So that's why he gets a B minus. Um, Definitely propped up a bit by, you know, that strong start to the year. Um, But he's a guy that going forward, it's going to be fascinating to see what the Bruins do with him because you wonder if the Bruins want to be the guys that hand him that next big contract when he gets that kind of breakout year he just had.
0: Yeah, I also think what you just said about him is going to apply to many of these third liners uh, and and fourth liners as well. Uh, Charlie Coyle next. Actually, before we get to Charlie Coyle, these grades aren't such a safe bet. But if we are talking about safe bets, there's only one place for that. That's bet online.
1: Absolutely. Evan. Listen up guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. Red Sox are playing Patriots training camp is right around the corner and soon Bruins and the Celtics will both be back. And even if you haven't made it back to Fenway just yet, you can still be in on the action at bet online. No matter how the schedules change or the players that play bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. There are always more options to wager than anywhere online. And we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to online and enter promo code CLNS50, that's C-L-N-S-50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, people are telling me that no one beats
0: that. People are talking and they're saying that nobody beats this.
1: So, what are you guys waiting for? Head to bet online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50, that's CLNS50, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
0: Go there now. So Charlie Coyle, I, I didn't want to forget uh, Bet Online. Obviously, you can never forget Bet Online, but we get so in, into this that it's like we well, got to talk about uh, that safe bet at some point. Charlie Coyle, you start with this one.
1: So um, it, it's tough because you know. I try to be I try to be a lenient grader, but I go with I go with D plus, and I think you could probably even make the case for it to be a bit lower, of like a, a D in terms of what the expectations are. I think when you especially weigh that contract, which I'm sure I think Charlie Cole is very very happy he signed that before the flat cap picked in. <laughs> um, so uh, beneficial timing for him, but uh, you know we'll see what happens next year because whether it be that off season knee procedure he's having, you. Hope, I think, if you're the Bruins, that that was really bothering him all year and he wasn't able to, you know, he didn't have any some of those trademark kind of shits you see from Coyle where he's holding on to the puck, fighting off guys. Um, that was kind of few and far between this year. So need a, a whole lot more, which is probably an understatement, from him next year. But you hope that that it's more of just maybe he was dealing with an injury and not that his game is declining at 29, which for the Bruins, considering the contract they handed him, would not be great, especially if you want to max out this uh, window you have the next one, two years.
0: No, that wouldn't look too good. I, if you were lenient, then I was super lenient. I gave him a C minus. Uh, I think part of the reason I did this was the benefit of the doubt of the wingers he got. You know, he was promised Craig Smith. That didn't seem to work as well as I think they would have hoped. But at the same time, you did lose Craig Smith. You know, you had basically wingers who didn't work with Krejci, down with him. You had DeBrusque there. You had some Nick Ritchie, Kuhlman. Like, there was never a set crew with him, you know, corrally up there for a little bit. So it wasn't, I will give him the benefit of some instability on both sides, but everything you said, 16 points in 51 games, isn't going to get it done. The money he's making, that's certainly not going to get it done. And for how he looks to be the heir to crazy, definitely uh, does not look good either. So yeah, Coyle would be a C minus for me. I know you had him in a D um, I'll go on. We'll go on to Carson Coleman. Um, I gave him a B minus, you know, again, Still, the production's not really there, but there's glimmers. There's glimmers. There's there's parts where I'm like, well, it's not he's not too bad. It wasn't great, but for what his expectations are, we consider him for maybe a spot in the lineup somewhere. But, yeah, I would say B minus C plus that range.
1: Yeah, I gave him a C. Uh, I think he's a guy that you need to just pencil in as a fourth-line guy. Maybe if they change their dynamic of that fourth line and make it more of a four checking, you know, faster pace unit. Maybe he has a role there. I just don't think it's higher up in the lineup. I just don't think the offensive production is there, but he's a guy, you, you tend to notice when he's out there, right? I mean, whether he's, you know, hustling, whether he's the first guy in on the four check um, makes a lot, you know, makes a lot of effort plays. It's just the offensive production isn't there to sometimes warrant him being higher up in the lineup. So maybe he does better next year. If he's kind of just, all right, you are fourth line, right wing. This is going to be your spot. Maybe he benefits from that because I think there's something to build off of there. It's just I think his ceiling is a bit limited in where you can kind of slot him in there.
0: On to DeBrusque. What, what do you have for Jake DeBrusque?
1: I have a D minus. Uh, uh, you know, I think you, you try to give some some leeway a bit considering I think it was a very very tough year for him and for a lot of people. Obviously, kind of the COVID uh, restrictions and I think for a guy like him who's a pretty outgoing kind of gregarious guy. I think that definitely weighed on him. You add in that he got COVID. So like it was just everything kind of that could have gone wrong, w- went wrong for him. But at the end of the day, we still have to be pragmatic and, and look at this. And you still have to produce or do something to warrant your place in the lineup. And you just didn't get enough of that from DeBrusque. whether it's, you know, the, the point production or just, you know, the, the trademark kind of DeBrusque games that we'd seen in the past, where he's at least driving into the great AI, he's making things happen. Is too, you know, too often you didn't really see that, you know, on a game-to-game basis especially. So whether, you know, he's here next year and he's able to kind of get the clean slate and build off of it or they move him, which would be, I think, unfortunate. Like if if they, they trade him, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it would just be – it would suck because I think he's a guy that's in line for a rebound, but I think maybe it's whether he just needs to change the scenery here or, you know, I don't think you're going to get good value for him. It would be an unfortunate end to it. But in terms of his production and expectations this year, They just weren't up to par.
0: Yeah, I gave him an F. Sorry, I know. And it's not fun to give a guy an F, especially a guy who went through as much as he did this year. But it was. It was a failure of a season for a guy like him who had high expectations, who just got that new contract, kind of wanted it to be a prove-me deal, just wasn't there. Um, So he was my only F I think I have out of everybody. So Mm -hmm. he just, I mean, he had a rough year. Like, just really bad year for for a guy who's well-liked and fun and normally, you know, someone who you can count on. So Dabrowski gave an F. Uh, we'll go to line four, where I have Corrali, Lazar, Wagner, and Frederick. Am I missing anybody there? Is there anyone that I should include in that? That's worth nah, it. I don't think I there mean, really it's is.
1: Like, it's like bleed, but I mean, I I, I just put down bleed for legacy like It's Like he's yeah, he, you gotta know what you get with a guy like bleed.
0: I'll just hop on with you on that one with Corrali. So Sean Corrali, I, I gave him a D. Uh, again, didn't live up to what should have been on that fourth line. They spent, you know, well, obviously they had a lot of D zone draws, but they spent a lot of time not being able to get out of that D zone Um, to me, Crowley, just, you know, again, bounced around the lineup a bunch was super inconsistent. The production wasn't there. I know it was a weird year, but for a guy like him, especially in a contract year, um, I gave Crowley a D because again, you expect a lot more out of a guy like him, especially given what happened in 2019.
1: Yeah, no, I give him a, a D as well. I think yeah, you kind of mapped it out, but as a guy that on a fourth line that even if it, you know, struggles, he's kind of tasked as the guy down the middle, especially to kind of drive it and, and stabilize it. You didn't get nearly enough of that uh this year from him. I mean, he was a guy who got, before kind of Lazar took that spot, they pretty much were putting in anyone there because they wanted to shift him over to the left side or left wing because he wasn't nearly the same player you kind of saw for him in the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, it was very, very disappointing, uh, for a season for him, especially, you know, going into unrestricted free agency and especially considering how key he is in terms of being that, that go-to guy on that bottom six unit.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you on that. Now we go on to Curtis Lazar. What would you give Curtis Lazar?
1: I gave him B minus, you know, maybe like the production Same. was it didn't like stand out, but I, I think in terms of what he brought, he was noticeable on the ice, um, able to, you know, play some special teams, um, a different look, different, you know, injection of, you know, energy into the lineup. I think he's a guy that we've mapped out before that he's probably the one guy you can definitely pencil in as being on the fourth line next year. So it's not going to set the world on fire. I don't think he's going to be like a, a 25 point guy over a full time, you know, 82 game season, but I think he's a guy that can make an impact on a fourth line and be an active contributing member of a, a line like that.
0: Reliable, B minus. That's that's what I gave him. Uh, Chris Wagner, I gave a D. Uh, same thing as Corrali. You expect more, you expect some more production. Got that new contract. He signed it with Coyle. Um, just t- didn't, there were times you didn't notice them. There were times that the, you just didn't add anything to that fourth line. Um, so to me, a guy like Chris Wagner, I'd give a D. What about you?
1: Yeah. I give him a D too. Uh, you know, a, a tough year for him too. He's kind of mentioned the, the issues of going through it. I think he kind of improved a little bit uh, down the stretch. I think after getting scratched a couple of games, he, he did what he could to make himself more noticeable. I think he had a good series against Washington. Um, But again, you just need more consistency out of him. You need him, if he's going to be in the lineup next year, be the guy you saw in 2018-19 where, you know, gives you 10 goals, plays hard, you know, lays some pretty heavy hits. You you need a guy like that into the lineup. So, um, we'll be, we'll be interested to see how we kind of rebounds from this going forward because, you know, sometimes fourth liners have a, a short shelf life in terms of how truly effective they can be. So we'll see kind of how he deals with, which probably should be increased competition in that unit because, I think the Bruins would love to have him, you know, regain his form, but there's going to be plenty of other guys kind of chomping at the bit as well.
0: Also, with a guy like Chris Wagner, I think it it should be mentioned that this year was tough, as, as you kind of mentioned a little bit uh, mentally on a lot of guys. Yeah. Wagner mentioned Absolutely. having massive, you know, anxiety this year, and how could you not in a year like this, especially traveling as much as they are and getting tested as much as they are, and when there's team when they when they had their little breakout of COVID, and when
1: you're struggling too, like that, you exactly. don't have that that avenue of like, all right, well, I can tune out and go to dinner with friends and my teammates, you know, you don't have those things, which may not seem like a lot, but in the the moment when you're, you're, you know, looking for any kind of outlet to kind of vent frustration or not, you know, tune it out. It's not, not there. Like I, That mean a lot for for anyone in a situation like that. So it is important to kind of take notice when you look at these guys who could be in line for some rebound seasons.
0: Yes, absolutely. So now on to Trent Frederick, I I gave Frederick a B minus. Uh, I didn't think he, I, again, you know, had some issues there. They mentioned they didn't really give the injury away with, with him. I don't think it was some sort of illness. Wasn't it? Yeah. Non non COVID related illness. So he was like the one person to get sick with it. (laughs) else Other than COVID during that whole span. Uh, But effective when he was in the lineup, you know, definitely fun to watch. Definitely loved getting into the, the, the fist of cuffs, the the physicality of the game. Uh, But again, it's, and we mentioned this um, recently when we talked about his contract, you know, where can he go from this? What what can he add? So B minus is with this. If he did the same thing next year as he did this year, I'd give him like a, a C or a C minus. So B, I'd give him a B minus for this year. What about you?
1: Yeah, I give him a C plus. I think started off very strong, very noticeable. Did what he could to give his team a spark. I think just next year, as you kind of said, you need more from him in terms of that role, and it's not just. You know him being an agitator. Do you think he's great out or, or stepping up for his teammates? Which is great to see. Physical guy, which I think has value. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to. I think he mapped it out in his last Zoom call. Being you know working on his skating, being more of a noticeable guy on the ice. Because if he's a guy who's just going to go hover around and you know bug the bejesus out of everyone, sooner or later you can tune those guys out. Like you, you saw it in the playoffs thing where people are like, all right, we we're not in the playoffs, but down the stretch there, it's like, all right, we know what this guy's about. You know, we can just ignore him. Up to norm if he's you know skating on the forecheck, laying out you know heavy hits, uh, crashing the net, doing stuff like that. So I think he needs to incorporate that part of his game um, and just round out his overall play. Hopefully, he's a guy that if he's handed you know a more major role, he can be a a guy that gets you ten goals you know in a season, which I think is a baseline of what you're looking for um, out of that role. So hopefully, he takes a next step forward because I think as you said, if it's the same kind of season you saw for him this last year where he's fun to watch, he's a pain in the ass to, to play against, but if that's all he's bringing, his value is limited to what you need on that fourth line, which is a whole lot more
0: Yeah, also, uh, one person I'm forgetting is Stanika We didn't oh, yes. uh, we didn't create Stanika, I'm always forgetting about Jack Stanika, we mentioned in Brewers Beat episodes and stuff about like who's going to play center, and I always forget that Jack Stanika exists. Off the top of my head, i give him probably a D I just wasn't effective in his time up there. Didn't really have a long leash. They kind of booted him immediately. Um, but to me just didn't do enough to stand out. Um, tough year to be the year year to kind of maybe break out. Mm-hmm. Didn't really happen. Um, hopefully, you know, I think the Bruins definitely hope that next year is the year that he breaks in. Maybe he's on the third line right wing spot. I don't know. Maybe makes it out of camp. Always looks good in camp. So it's hard to tell. Um, yes. but I would probably give him a D for this year
1: yeah i give him a, a c minus just because i think it was tough to, like to you know he did he did have a pretty short leash but also i don't think he was particularly effective i think he needs to definitely kind of round out his frame because i think his biggest issue was getting knocked off the puck i think he's a guy that is fine with going into great a ice i think you saw that during his early step you know early stints in 2019-20 but you seem to i think you know build out his frame a little bit more and get more comfortable but tough situation for him it's not like like this past year where it seemed there was a spot waiting for him I think you can't afford to go into next year without Krejci and you hope that he's the third line center like I don't think the Bruins are going to do that anymore so how he kind of builds out a spot in this lineup kind of remains to be seen which is tough for him but as you said a pretty disappointing season for him I think a lot of people were I don't think people were going to think he was going to be a Calder candidate but a guy that you hoped was going to be I don't know, what gives you 15, 20 points and seems like a guy that you can build into the lineup going forward. Didn't really get that this year.
0: Yeah, and again, the succession plan seemed like it would be Bergeron 1C, Coyle 2C, Sudnika, probably 3C, and not. And we always mention Coyle not producing well this year and showing that he could be a second-line center, but Sadnica not producing enough and showing that he really is not ready to be uh, an everyday center in the NHL. So I think that's also something to note as well. Let's get to the defense. Finally get off the office. That was a that was a long one. Yes. Um, we'll get on to the defense. So obviously we have Chrisick McAvoy, Riley Carlo. I have Lozon Clifton, and then I did Zaboral Miller, and then Vacanin and John Moore. Do we want to do Tenorri as well?
1: No, I mean I I would just like quick give him a B. I think for what his role was waiver wire pickup. I think for a waiver waiver wire pickup, it's pretty good. Yeah, like maybe it's a, a, an indictment on the city of prospects that he was like the next man up, as opposed to a Vaknin or Zboril. But I think for what his role was, not bad.
0: I'll give him a B minus. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing crazy. Um, all right, so we'll start with Grislyk. Uh What would you give Matt Grizzlick?
1: I give him a B plus. Uh, I think maybe similar to the Hall situation. I think a lot of people maybe have a, a bad taste in their mouth considering he had maybe his worst game in years <laughs> in in that game six against the Islanders. Not great. Um, I think you maybe there you could make an argument about, you know, his struggles against physical teams in the playoffs, which, you know, is probably there's some, you know, validity to it, but I think as a whole he's still a guy that should be a key piece on this on this blue line. I think he's one of the best uh you know, and transitioning uh at, you know, teaming up with McAvoy and you know, maybe you could make the case that they should only be a pair if they're paired up, you know, in when they're down a goal or they're in the ozone or what have you. But I think you look at Matt uh, strengths, I think, you know, over this modern, you know, NHL game, he still is a guy that can be that kind of key offensive conduit on, on a decor, whether that's a top pairing guy or second pair or what have you, you know, that kind of remains to be seen, but I think regardless, he should be a key cog on a, a good decor, And I think, there's a lot of positives to build off of this year as, you know, as frustrating as maybe is that last game the season was for him.
0: He plus don't uh, don't read into game six too much against the Islanders. Certainly a guy you can put with McAvoy on the top pairing. Or if you get someone better like an Eckholm or, or, you know, maybe a McCabe, you know, who you want to put up there. You can slide him back with Carlo. Grizzlick's pretty, you know, you can put him in different places um, in the top four. And I think he's a solid top four defenseman um, uh, at that. Now on to McAvoy, A+. Plus. <laughs> F. A plus. I gave McAvoy an F. <laughs> McAvoy yeah, an F. Yeah. Uh, but no, A plus. McAvoy, A+, plus, easy. Uh, Co-MVP of this team with and Just, you know, top five in Norris. Best should've five five, five defense in the league. Yeah, it should have been top three. I and mean, it really should have been probably Fox. McCarr McC- and M- M- McAvoy, yeah. Or even yeah. Ma- McAvoy, then McCarr because McCar missed some time. Wow, you mask um, kids, hanging I know, I know, I know. But hey, I'm unbiased. People forget. That's I'm true. unbiased. Um... But yeah, McAvoy A plus. I don't think that anyone's gonna disagree with that. Um, now on to the second pairing. Uh, what would you give Mike Riley?
1: Tough. I give him a B because I think he was very good in the regular season, but it's uh, really struggled in the playoffs. Maybe B minus. You could probably talk me into it, but I think for what they needed at that point during the regular season, when they were kind of that tailspin, I you know I think Riley it remains to be seen whether he fits into this Bruins plans going forward as to how they want to remake that decor, but I still think he's a good player. I think on a lot of very good teams, if he's your third pairing, like offensive defenseman, you're doing pretty damn well, as opposed to like a, you know, like a Gustafson, like they have in Montreal, these other like third pairing offense, only guys like Riley, I think is a good player. It's just how he fits into this Bruins team going forward is maybe up for debate considering. I think he really did labor in the postseason, but I, I still think you look at how, what he brought during that, those first weeks of the regular season. I, I settled in on a B for him.
0: I, I gave him a B as well, actually. Um, and the reason was, again, you remember when he came here, no one could get shots through from the no. point. He was the guy doing it finished with, I think like 27 assists on yes. the season. Not too bad. Um, so again, like, and, and, I, and I said this, and I've been saying this for a while and you agree. If you're a cup contending team, you should be a third pairing left shot defense. that's, that's where you want Mike Riley. Um, but again, you have Grizzly. so do you really need Riley going forward? Means mm, to be seen. Sounds like they're probably going to re-sign him anyways. Um, so, wouldn't be surprised to see him return next season. But yeah, a B. You, and you didn't give up much for him, so mm-hmm. the expectations were not like, oh, he has to perform. You got you have a third round pick for like who cares? So yeah, a B for, for Mike Riley. Uh, Brandon Carlo, I'll give a B. I know he had re- uh, I I know people that's a little high. I know people are not going to be super happy with that grade. Had injuries this year. Wasn't his absolute best. But still a stable force back there went in, so I, I didn't. I didn't hate Carlo back there. I would imagine your grade might be a little bit lower.
1: I give him B minus. I think you know besides the injuries, I think he his, he wasn't up to par for what you expected as a baseline level. I think Carlo, what you see is what you get in terms of what he's going to be, which is I think when he's playing at his best, top four block PKA shutdown guy. Uh, he I think struggled a little bit with that this year. Maybe that's due to. You know, lingering injuries. You know, not having a stable guy there. You know, so we'll see what happens next year. I think with a clean bill of health, whether it's a guy like Grizzly next to him or maybe another guy they add in the off season, I think he's due for a rebound as long as he's hopefully is able to put some of these you know injuries in the rear view. Because I think the Bruins desperately need him, and you hope that he's just healthy moving forward.
0: Yeah, the big thing with him is obviously the health. You need him healthy, and you saw it in the Islanders' series that was the. You know, again, that shows you how not deep your decor is when you lose Carlo and the whole just operation falls apart. But um, that is that. Now on to Jeremy Lozon. I gave him a C plus. I gave Lozon a C plus, and I thought, you know, he was solid at the beginning of the year. uh, Then had that injury. Then came back. Was iffy. Played through. What what did he play through again? Was it a broken hand?
1: Broken hand in Tahoe. Then he had. I think maybe it was another. I don't know if it was the same hand injury or something else. But I think he was playing with a splint.
0: During the yes. postseason, I know. He that. played with a splinter in the postseason, yes. Um so again, for what you what your expectations were for him, I mean, you know, obviously not a huge producer offensively, but showed some bite on D. Um, was solid-ish. Definitely had some rough uh plays during the playoffs, certainly took his fair share of heat. But for his age, expectations, all that, i give him a C plus.
1: Yeah, I agree. Same thing. I think he's again one of those what you see is what you get. I think that Andrew really did kind of Derail kind of, uh, uh, unspectacular but, but solid, uh, you know, season for him. I think in that spot, um, I think he's better suited as like a third pairing guy as opposed to how he opened the year with McAvoy. I think he put most guys with McAvoy, they look pretty good. But, uh, you know, in terms of what his role is on the team next year, maybe, you know, if the Kraken don't take him, maybe he's your third pairing guy. Um, maybe he gets pushed kind of into more of a depth role there. But I think, it's unfortunate that that injury in Tahoe, I think, really did impact him because, uh, you know, I think at the very least, he's still a capable NHL starter that can kill penalties, you know, add some, you know, grit grit to your lineup. And I think that really kind of set him back a bit when he went down with that injury.
0: Agreed. Uh, on to Clifton. What did you give uh, Connor Clifton?
1: I gave Connor Clifton I believe it was a B minus what I gave him because I think uh, in in the spot where he got uh, brought in and Clifton's kind of sometimes can be hot and cold but I think he was probably more playing towards the kind of game we saw from him in 201819 when he got called up as opposed to maybe last year where I think he really kind of struggled to find his game it's kind of a balancing act with him where it's you have to find you know not to be going too far into cliffy hockey where you're taking yourself out of plays. But I think he did a better job this past year of being assertive without being reckless, which I think is the biggest thing for him. So it remains to be seen if, you know, if the Kraken don't pick him up where he fits into the lineup, like maybe he's your third pairing right, right side guy next year. Um, whether he can keep that up for a full season remains to be seen, but I, I give him a honest. I think it was a, a better season for him, especially compared to maybe what the expectations were last year for him.
0: Agreed. I gave him a C plus, uh, just because uh, no real reason I didn't give him a B. But the main thing was just he played himself into Seattle territory. Like yeah. you know, I don't think he was a guy who. I mean, he was he was on some mock drafts, but it was mainly Lozon or Richie or Kasha. He's played himself. He a bore. <laughs> We'll get to him in a second. Um, but Clifton really did play himself into that. Looked solid in the playoffs. Um, you know, somewhat reliable. And again, hot and cold, I think is the best way to put. Uh, Carter Clifton, either an incredible or really bad. <laughs> so yeah. one of the two. Um, All right, let's move on to Kevin Miller. Uh, what did you give Kevin Miller?
1: I gave Kevin Miller B for what his role is. I think the injuries, it's tough to overlook. But I think when he was in the lineup, which is why it's a bit of a shame, I think he brought exactly what you need out of that spot in the lineup, right? as a third As a third pairing guy, physical, kill penalties. I think... As much as I think, you know, I tend to hop on, like, analytics, I think a guy like him kind of is one of those guys that spits it. Like, you know, you look outside of it in terms of how, what his teammates get from him being in the lineup and what what that brings to the rest of the group. I think he's a guy that that brings that kind of element that's tough to kind of quantify. Um, it's a shame that he went out with that, the, the, those injuries, whether it be the setback or the concussion in the playoffs, because it's not flashy. Maybe the analytics don't look that great. But I think if, if he's your third-pairing guy, Uh, you're in a pretty good spot for what he brings. It's just, I don't know whether he can keep that up going forward with the amount of injuries he's had. So it's, it's, it's a tough season for him because it's great that he was even able to play another game, but to have it kind of fall into that same kind of pattern is is what makes it such a a tough season for him.
0: Yeah. I gave a B minus for most of that stuff. I mean, I just thought that, you know, again, you could rely on him when he was in the lineup, but um, tough to miss him the way they did down the stretch and, through certain points in the season showed the bad depth on the right side, by the way, yes. uh, when he was, when he was out. So B minus for Kevin Miller. Now we get into uh, some <laughs> tougher ones. Um, Jacob Zaboral. I gave him a D minus. Um, I won't say a full F because, you know, the initial plan with him was going to be just third pairing left shot defense with Kevin Miller that evolved into becoming some nights a top four, sometimes the top pairing left shot defenseman, that's a lot to, to shoulder really showed no ability to handle that situ- to those situations. Um, you know, just, I, I didn't find a part of his game that I was like, Oh, that's going to turn into something. There's, they got something there. There was none of that. It was just very, like, he was a body out there. And I remember, was it him who you said going into the season could be like a lineman where you don't notice him, He just kind of like transitions to play, gets in the yeah. way of stuff. Like, and that didn't even feel like that was. Yeah, no, to the no. So I gave yeah. him a D minus. What about you?
1: Yeah. I gave him a, a D plus, uh, uh, kind of what you said though, like didn't really bring a net positive, uh, when he was on that third pairing with Miller at the start of the year and you were like, well, maybe they have something there. True. Like wasn't, you know, putting themselves out of the play, but also they were handed heavy uh, ozone time. Like they were like, they were definitely sheltering him for a lot of that early season where he looked good. And then when his game tailed off after that, I, I just don't really know what to make of, of Zaborl, you know, especially in long-term plans because it's it, – it, we talked about with Tenorti, like if you're afraid to roll out Zaborl in that spot, so it's like the wave wire pickup you have for this guy, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it, right? Like, I, I, I'm skeptical of what the next move is for him going forward because you can't have this guy who you're afraid to even roll out there, and if he's out there, you're giving him – 60% ozone stats, like for, for a guy like that, who's not projected to be a offensive dynamo. So yeah. Disappointing season, at least the Bruins, maybe I think now know what they have in a player like him, but you were hoping for a lot more, right?
0: Yes. I can't wait till he goes to Edmonton and becomes like the number one left shot. Of course just breaks the hell out. Um, all right. Earl Vakeninen. Uh I gave it like a D I didn't, I don't know. There wasn't a ton from him, yeah. but there was nothing that made me go. Oh, that's the that's a guy. That's another guy who they passed over for Tenorti, uh in that game six. So that wasn't a ton from him this year, but nothing that stood out.
1: Yeah, I gave him like a C minus, maybe maybe D plus. Like again, tough to really notice him. It's kind of it's unfortunate because I think for a while now we've known that Zaboral, Like I don't know what we exactly have here, but it's maybe not be as high as we thought. Back nine him for a couple of years was like probably the top prospect, and see him kind of fall into this spot. Not great. You know, we talk about 27 2015 and, and that draft, but to now have a guy like Bacchanan who we expected at this point was going to be a top four fixture, be in this kind of no man's land, a little concerning.
0: Yes, very concerning. Uh, John Moore, um,
1: five games played. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I,
0: don't I don't know. C, Not- C- <laughs> minus,
1: like I, I don't, I yeah. don't really remember too much of, you know, his games out there. I mean, what, what, what the situation is going forward for him is going to be tough in terms of, you know, that, that contracts Bruins don't have a lot of like albatross contracts. You know, coil is one that stands up there, but like more for what his usage rates are, especially not great.
0: Not amazing. It's re- I feel like it's more Wagner and coil right now that are like the deals that are like, damn, that's money that could be spent in other places. Um But yeah, that's the, those are the skaters. I don't think we missed any major skaters up there. I mean, maybe no. camphor I mean, he was, you know, C-plus, fine. Like, I don't yeah. know, nothing crazy. So, uh, now to the goal-attending. Now to the goal-attending. We'll do uh, Rask, Swayman, then Halak, because uh, that was the order the season ended. Uh, I gave Tuka Rask a B-minus. I thought he was solid uh, at times. There were times that, obviously, he fought through injury, credit to him. Um, kind of fell apart a little bit in, the, in that Islanders series. Uh, so, to me, it would be a B-minus. I don't think it was a spectacular Rask season. He was not... Vesna worthy or anything. So I'd, I'd give him a B minus.
1: i give him a B. Um, again, as you're not spectacular, it wasn't up to his year last year where he was runner up for the Vesna. Obviously, I think to have him at least still be a number one goalie in terms of his production, um, playing through that tone, hip Abram is very impressive. Um, he made the case of, you know, well, Price will have this argument as to who is the better guy in net, who you should have turned to in that Islanders series. But um. I still think it was a solid year for Rask. You know, he's still a guy that I don't think he's the the guy you blame. At least, you know, we don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but I don't think he uh-huh. was the reason he go. lost that, that Islanders series compared to the state of your defense and the lack of secondary scoring. But um what happens next remains to be seen because that situation, every time I revisit what they're going to do next year, my brain melts a little bit more. So we'll, we'll take that for another discussion. But I give him a beef this year. Solid. Uh, injuries played a upon into it, obviously, but you know, not, not as strong as he was the previous year for sure.
0: That's why I keep putting the Rask stuff off. Like, Oh, we can talk about goal. Yeah, it's, well, we it's, it's a, big figure out for a rainy stuff. day. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Swayman. What would you give Jeremy Swayman?
1: I give Jeremy Swayman an A plus because I think you look at the expectations placed on him where we thought he was going to be down in Providence the whole year. These guys go that are great in college kind of get a dose of reality when they go up to the pros like you look at like zane mcintyre who is fantastic in north dakota comes <laughs> up to the ahl and hits that wall at, at first and it takes them a while to even carve out to be a good ahl goalie let alone make that jump up to to the nhl to have him step up into that role have a 945 save percentage lead all starting you know all goals at least 10 appearances and high danger save percentage unreal uh how all locked in he was um and it wasn't like, you know, it was a guy who was just flailing around out there. Like he was tracking pucks well, wasn't getting rattled. And you look at especially his, the situation he was placed into. This is a team that had cup aspirations, didn't have Rask. Hawak was on a COVID list. Like, and we're going to hand the, the, but we're going to try to stay afloat right now. We're far from locked into the playoffs with this guy in Swayman, who had, I think, nine games down in problems, where he made it, came up here and was lights out. So I think you look at the expectations from him. I think it's important to keep those expectations in check next year because I don't think if you, you don't expect him to have that same production. But for this season, the expectations plus production, I give him an A+. Plus. I think he was fantastic.
0: I agree with you on all those. I gave him an A just because I feel like the A-plus is reserved for team MVPs. I don't think Swayman played himself into that quite yet. Um, uh, but yeah, a just exceeded every expectation, like didn't expect to have that happen. Looked incredible. And it's clear that the future of the net is in pretty good hands with a guy like Swayman, uh, given that he hopefully has a good season next year as well. Uh, Yarrow Halaka gave a C. Um, obviously got COVID. There was some stuff that he couldn't control. Wasn't amazing while he was in there anyways. Um, you knew what you were going to get out of him, let in some softies. So for me, a guy like Halak was a C.
1: Yeah. Same, same here. Uh, You know, tough break room, tough situation. I think, you know, I don't think he's going to be back next year. So kind of tough for a guy like him who has been a key cog to this team for a while to end like this kind of getting supplanted on the depth chart, but even beyond the COVID and and Swayman's breakthrough, Halak's production, I think it took a step back this year compared to previous years, especially. So um, yeah, I agree with you with the C rating there.
0: Yeah. So that is it. That is, do we do, should we do Vladar as well?
1: I gave Ladard just really quick a B minus. I think he was really solid, especially the start. That game against Pittsburgh was awesome. It's um, a little bit of a step back, kind of similar to last year. You got fed to the Wolves in that game against the Capitals, which is tough. But I, I settled on a B minus for Ladard.
0: I'd agree. I'd agree with that. So yeah, that's the lineup. We just did report cards. For the entire lineup uh, took a little while, but definitely went in depth on most everybody. Um, so that's let us know if you have any big disagreements with any of these with any of these players. I think this is a good episode to do before we get into free agency and the expansion draft and all that stuff, because that's all later this month. It's July, baby. We're almost, we're almost fully in the off season. So uh, that is this episode, Connor, uh, before, before you go, uh, what can people look forward to over at BSJ? Yeah,
1: we're going to be starting to look ahead to this off season. Now that I think things are going to start ramping up here. So we'll look at a potential guys. Everyone's could target. You know, I think it's, Ricard Raquel week, as I said, on uh, Bruins beat. So we start looking at a, a player like that, whether he could fit into the Bruins plans. Look ahead to, I think, maybe exploring scenarios of worst-case scenarios where, like, let's say David Krejci's not back, which, holy shit, that would be really bad for this team. Uh, so we'll look into stuff like that over at BSJ. So subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore
0: 93. Go do all that for CNS Media. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. You poke the bear, listeners. Have a great rest. Every day.